Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Hey, listen, I don't know if you know it or not, but somebody got saved up here this morning. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Her name's Angel, and God's still working on her. She's still all kinds of messed up over it. That's awesome. Awesome. So glad to have her in the family. Amen? Amen. Isn't that awesome? God's good. He's so good in the place. I want to rejoice with uh, Brother Brandon Merritt. He, he got a, a schedule change at work that he's been praying for, and now he's able to come back to church on Sundays. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. God's good. He's in the midst today. Amen. I just want you to know I've set my timer for 30 minutes. So, I did that much for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I will endeavor to abide by that if I can. But as you know, the genes run strong, so we'll see what happens. Amen. We're going to be in the book of 1 John chapter 4 uh, to begin today. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from the NASB uh, 2020 edition. So, if, uh, if it looks a little different than what you've got, that's all right. It'll be on the screen, okay? I'm going to read the passage to you, tell you what the title is, and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? All right, 1 John 4, verse 15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. Has anybody confessed that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. Good news. Good news. God remains in you and you in him. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Just want to say, this love that he's talking about isn't man's love, right? It's not love that's dictated by performance. It's not love that's dictated by uh, passion or emotion, all right, what you can do or what is gotten out of it. It's God's love. It's not man's love. Man's love is fickle. Man's love changes, right? God's love does not. He who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Verse 17, by this, love is perfected in us, is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, we also are in this world. The King James Version of that verse says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's the title today. As he is, so are we. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you've already done in this place, God, for this precious soul that has come to you and into our family, God. We are grateful today. We could pack it up and call it right now. We're grateful, Lord. But we know that you have a word for your people, and we ask you, Father, to bring this word with power, to bring it as you intend it to be brought, so that we may move ahead in the direction that you have called us all to go. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It says in verse 17, by this, love is perfected in us. Herein is our love made perfect, because as he is, so are we. Can I just remind you that he still is? Amen? He still is. He is not diminished. 
He is not changed. He is not any different right now as he was the day that he got up out of that grave. Amen? There's nothing about him that is less, nothing about him that should level up or needs to be more, but in fact, he is. Amen? He is. As much as he ever was, he still is. Amen? So as he is, so also are we in this world. So are we. As he is, so are we. This is our opportunity today to come into the knowledge that Jesus is and that because he is, we can be as well. We can be as well. You know, the whole time that Jesus was on the earth, the devil could not stop him. There wasn't anything that God purposed for him to do that he could not do. It didn't matter what the enemy thought. It didn't matter what the enemy warred, what he, what he planned, what he tempted him with. It did not matter what, what weapon in the enemy's arsenal was thrown at Jesus. Because of who he is, the devil could not stop him. Every weapon formed against him failed. Every temptation was overcome. Even death itself could not contain him. And he still is that way, amen? He still is. When Jesus left the earth to intercede for you and I, he gave us a commission and the power to fulfill it. He gave us a commission. Go ye therefore into all the world. Preach the gospel. Preach everything that I've told you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. It's a co-mission. It's a mission that he himself is operating in the spirit while we do it here on the earth. He has given us a mission and the power to fulfill it. Therefore, we can only conclude that the people of God are meant to be a force in the earth for the kingdom of God. We are meant to be a force in the earth for the kingdom of God. A force. Not timid, not weak, not downcast, but a force for God in the earth. Sadly, the kingdom of God as it is today, much of it doesn't look like Jesus. And let's be fair, there's times we don't look much like Jesus either. Amen. It's easy to point at another kind of church or another denomination or belief system and say that they're not what we think they ought to be. But let's, let's be real. There's times where we're not what we ought to be either. Amen. Sadly, that's the state of, of Christianity in the world a lot of the time. There's immorality. There's scandal. There's failure. There's powerlessness. But just because that stuff's there it doesn't mean that we can't be like him. Amen. Just because it's out there, just because it can happen, doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. Doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Amen. Just because people fail, believers mess up, just because all that happens, it doesn't mean that we are doomed to fail. It doesn't mean that we're doomed to drop the ball. Verse 16 says, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in God, uh, remains in God, God remains in him. Remains in the, in the Greek means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. To stay. He that stays. The Bible says that he that endureth until the end will be saved. Amen. If you endure, if you stay in God, you're going to win. If you stay, you're going to win. If you give up and you fold up shop and you go home and you say, you know what? I tried for a while. The battle got too hot. It got too intense. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. Then, then you're not going to make it. Right, But those that endure until the end will be saved. If we remain in Him, if we abide in the love of God, then God remains in us. If I stay in Him, He stays in me. If I stay in Him, then He stays in me. He comes in and He begins to do things in me. And He stays as long as I stay. Verse 17, by this love is perfected with us. By what? Our ability to stay. 
By this, our love is perfected. His love is perfected in us. By this, we have to endure. We have to remain. We have to stick with it so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as He is, so also are we in this world. As He is, so are we. It is God's desire that His sons and daughters walk in their privilege, stand in their authority in the earth, just like Jesus. You, not just the preachers, not just the singers or the songwriters, you, that you stand in authority, that you walk this earth like you're a child of God. Not like this earth has any dominion over you, but like you have dominion over it. That you walk this earth, that you walk into circumstance in defiance, not being victimized by it. Listen, and I don't say that cheaply. That's hard to do. It's hard to do when you don't know what's coming. It's hard to do when you get blindsided. But this is our opportunity that we as sons and daughters walk in the privilege and the authority that he has for us. If we are to be just like Jesus in the earth, then we have to trade the uniform of darkness for the armor of light. We have to trade the uniform of darkness for the armor of light. Where do I get that? Romans chapter 13, verse 11. It says, Do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Amen. We're closer now than we've ever been to standing in His presence. We're closer now than we've ever been to seeing that throne. We're closer now. Verse 12, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Therefore, let us rid ourselves. In the King James it says to cast off. To cast off because here's the deal. The longer we live in a dark world, the more of the dark world gets on us especially if we're living without the armor of light. Especially if we're living without the armor of light. Without that armor of light upon us, anything of the dark gets on you and it sticks. You ever had darkness stick on you? Let's say, you know, it can be demonic, it can be witchcraft, it can be all that crazy stuff. It can also be an attitude. It can be a mindset. You start thinking like the world, not like God. That's darkness, it just got on you. Amen. You start feeling what the world says you ought to feel. That's darkness that just got on you. But the Bible says that we must rid ourselves. We must cast off the deeds or the occupation of darkness. That's where I got the word uniform. Because most people where you work, you got to wear a uniform. It may not be like a military uniform, but you got a polo with a logo on it, don't you? You've got a hat with a logo on it. Whether it's McDonald's, whether it's Toyota, wherever it is, in between, you got a logo. You got something on you that says, hey, I work for this. When you have darkness in your life and it gets on you, it's like a logo. In the spirit world, it's broadcasting that you've got darkness on you. But the Bible says to rip it off, to rid ourselves of the uniform of darkness, the deeds of darkness. It's not our job as believers to be dark anymore. It's not our job to be dark anymore, church. It's not our job to be beat down and depressed anymore. You can, but you don't have to. Amen? You can, but it's not the way God wants you to live. Why walk in darkness when there's marvelous light ahead of you? Why walk in darkness when there's a much better option? I can be covered in the dark or I can shine with the light of God. I can shine in the armor of light. Let us rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. How do you know if you've still got dark deeds in your life? 
How do you know? Can I give you a simple rule of thumb? This will tell you if it's dark. If you've got to justify it, it's dark. Is that easy enough? If you've got to justify it, it's dark. Pastor says all the time, he said for years, that you don't have to justify good things, only the bad things. I've said this example before, but it remains that if you see me at at Applebee's with my wife, I'm not going to look at you and walk over to you and be like, hey, listen, I just want you to know I'm out with my wife tonight. Everything's okay. It's cool. I'm out. Don't tell anybody. I'm out. Listen, man, I don't know what your perceptions are. I don't know where you land on this. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm out with my wife tonight, okay? All right? No judgment. Don't judge me. God knows my heart. I don't have to do that, do I, with good things. I don't have to justify being a good dad. I don't have to justify working hard. I don't have to justify it. If I've got to justify it, it's dark. Amen? How do I know if I've still got darkness in my life? If you've got to justify it, because the problem is, is that you cannot justify darkness. Only Jesus can. Jesus is the only one that can justify somebody covered in darkness. You can't do it. You can't do it. So if you've got to justify it, it's dark. If it looks like light, then it's of the armor of light. If it shines, it's the armor of light. If it's good, if it adds to you, it's the armor of light. If it reflects your Father in heaven and tells people about Jesus, it's the armor of light. It doesn't matter what it is. If God uses it, it's got light in it. Amen? But if God is not using it, get rid of it. If God is not in it, if there's any kind of darkness in it, then we need to get rid of it. The armor of light is anything that looks like light instead of darkness. So what should we do with those evil deeds? We should cast them off. I've got the wrong uniform on. How many believers are living life with the wrong uniform on? They believe in Jesus. They don't want to go to hell. And most of us, probably, we look forward to seeing Jesus someday. A little scary to think about sometimes, isn't it? But we look forward to seeing him someday. Yet we walk around life through circumstance, and we're wearing the wrong uniform. we got the wrong logo on us. That's not what God has intended. Rid ourselves of the darkness, the deeds of darkness in our lives. Cast them off. How do I do that? Number one, I stop doing the things that are dark. I don't go to dark places. I don't hang out with dark people. Amen? And I mean in their deeds. Okay? I don't, I don't do things that are dark and evil. I don't watch things that are dark and evil. I don't listen to things that are dark and evil. Do the practical, right? Take the steps and then let God amplify the effect, okay? I don't have to worry about any of that if I'm not doing it, first thing. The second thing is if it gets on me, and usually in the life of a believer it's pretty subtle, if it gets on me, I've got to rip it off. I don't want it. If you think that thought toward that person that you shouldn't think, you identify it as dark, you cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. I bring that thought under arrest. The Scripture says that we, uh, we arrest and bring under captivity every thought or imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the knowledge that you have. If you know God is a healer and you're sick and you've not been healed yet and the enemy is only telling you that he won't heal you, he'll never heal you, you've got to cast that lie down. It's a lie. It's dark. It's getting into your mind. It's trying to convince you that it cannot happen. Rip it off. Shut it down. Throw it out. Amen? Get rid of it. Cast off those deeds of darkness. We don't need to treat darkness timidly like so many of us do. Treat darkness violently. Violently. And I don't mean violently toward people that are in darkness. 
Amen. I can hate their darkness and love them. I can hate their darkness and try to rescue them with light. Amen. So I hate the dark. I battle the dark. I don't give in to it. I don't tolerate it. I don't make room for it. I don't put it on my TV. I don't listen to it in my headphones. Right? I get rid of the dark. I push it out. That's what we do. That's what we ought to do. It's not always what we do, is it? And then we take on that armor of light, that thing that looks like heaven. It looks like God. It shines. It tells the goodness of God. Listen, the armor of God is not just some mystical super metal that exists in heaven and nowhere else. Getting ahead of myself already. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, he gives us the breakdown, the specific components of God's armor of light. And we always picture it this way as these separate pieces, these things that were in an armory in heaven that God opened the door and he, he puts it on our head and on our chest and on our legs and, and all that. And he gives us these things. But I want to I challenge you with a, a, an interesting perspective on this. He said in Ephesians 6, uh, 14, 13, Therefore take up the full armor of God, of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. The armor of God is on you that you may stand, not collapse. Okay? Stand, not collapse. Verse 14. Stand firm, therefore, having your belt, your belted waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the enemy the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Can I share something with you that jumped in my spirit when I read this last night? All those things, truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, the Word of God, all those things are nouns. And when we read this passage, we read them as nouns, person, place, or thing, as a noun. But can I tell you that these, these are adjectives? These are descriptive words. These are adjectives. If you were to take all these nouns and turn them into adjectives, what would they describe? Are they describing some shiny, impregnable, uh, heavenly armor made of some supernatural metal in God's blacksmith shop? Is that what we're talking about? What if we were to take these things and apply them as an adjective and think of them as someone that it describes? Truth, salvation, peace. Righteousness, salvation, uh, faith, word of God, truth. Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Revelation 19, 11, John the Beloved, he sees Jesus show up on the scene and he says, I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called Faithful. And true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we read it at Christmas. It says, For a child will be born to us, and a son will be given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Ever Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Salvation. Peter on the day of Pentecost stands up in Acts chapter 4 verse 12. And he says, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that's been given among mankind by which we must be saved. John the Apostle also wrote in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. Can I, can I tell you, church, we're not talking about some armor that's mystical and shiny and impregnable. We're talking about a person, a person named Jesus who's righteous and faithful, who's, who's uh, uh, the Word of God, who is salvation in the flesh. He is peace. He doesn't just have it. He is it. He doesn't just put it on your feet. He is it. And we've taken this thing and we've objectified a person, the person that is Jesus. Jesus is the armor of life. So when I take on his armor, I'm taking on him. I'm putting on him. I'm facing my enemy covered in Jesus. Not metal, not sparkly heavenly stuff. I'm going toe-to-toe for my healing with Jesus on me, on my head, on my chest, on my feet, around my waist, in my hands. I've got Jesus. I'm using Him. I'm living in Him and through Him. Romans chapter 13, verse 13 says, Let's behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in promiscuity or debauchery, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus And make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Put on. When you're putting something on, the definition means to sink into a garment. Have you ever put on something that fits really good? Just fits perfect. You put it on and it just feels great all the way. Likewise, have you ever put on something that was too tight? You go to your wife and you say, is this too tight? Is this too tight? And she's like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then she turns around and she says, does this make me look fat? And you say, Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. You look beautiful. Nothing I'd change. Love it. Amen. We sink into it. We put on Christ because he's made for us. And we are made for him. Amen. We get to sink into him. And let me tell you, the deeper you go, the more like Christ you become. The deeper you go, the thicker the layer of Jesus gets upon you, the better you're going to do. The easier it's going to be to rip off darkness the easier it's going to be to keep darkness from sticking to you because you've sunk into the Jesus that is righteousness, salvation, faith, word, peace. You've sunk into him. And the enemy cannot get through him. Amen. It couldn't handle him when he was on the earth. It can't handle him in heaven, and it can't handle him on you. Amen. He can't handle Jesus on you. We've put all the power into this toy set. When I was a kid, I had the the toy God's armor set. Did you guys ever see that from the Christian bookstore? And it had the crusader cross on the chest and all that. Didn't fit. It just fell off every time you moved. I had that. We've equated the armor of God to that. Oh, it's a suit of armor that God gives us. No, it's a person that he gave us. Amen. It's a person that he gave us. He gave us Jesus. The Bible says that if he will give us Jesus, he will freely give us all things. Especially when we're walking in Jesus. There is nothing in Jesus that provides for the desires of your flesh. He said if we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. This word and combines the making no provision to putting on the Lord Jesus. If I'm going to defeat my flesh, i got to put on Jesus. Why? Because Jesus defeated our flesh. Forty days and forty nights, he, he fasted in the wilderness, and then Satan showed up and tempted him three times. And he overcame the devil face to face. 
you and I have probably never faced the devil face to face. Jesus did, and he overcame. He overcame the flesh. He overcame the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Everything that our flesh desires, he beat it. And then I put him on my flesh, and now I can beat it. You put him on your flesh, and now you can beat it. Because you've got something on you that's already accomplished the task. There is nothing in Jesus that provides for the desires of the flesh. He doesn't think ahead to facilitate sin. Because he doesn't think about sin. He thinks about the Father. He thinks about others. And if I can get him on me, listen, I know this is a little bit challenging, but if I can get Jesus on me, in me and on me, it's going to change how I deal with darkness. 1 John 3, 8 says that the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, though, to destroy the works of the devil. So I've got an armor. I've got, I've got a person upon me that's like armor. Salvation, peace, faith, word, all these things, righteousness. A thick armor that the devil cannot penetrate. And as I put him on me, he destroys the works of, devil, of, of the devil in me. I put him on the outside. I put him on my spirit man. And while he's resisting the enemy and helping me do that, he's also working on me. He's also dismantling and destroying the works of the enemy inside me. And the longer that he's on me, the more different I become inside me. Different from what I should be. Different from what my heritage should, has told me that I should be. Different from what circumstance has told me I ought to be. And I become like him. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Where will he destroy the works of the devil? Wherever he shows up. Wherever he shows up. If the devil's wreaking havoc in your kids, you need to ask Jesus to show up. Ask Jesus to show up in your kids. I don't know how he's going to do it, but ask him to do it. If anybody knows how to do it, he will, he will know how. Let him do it. Jesus, show up. If I need Jesus, if the devil's destroying my, uh, my work life, I need Jesus to show up in that. If he's destroying my marriage, I need Jesus to show up in that. I don't need anything else. I don't need anybody else. Not a book, not a self-help, not a therapist. I need him first. I need him first. And he might connect me with something that helps, and that's great. But I need him first. I don't want anybody else fighting for me if he's not fighting for me. It's great when we call people around us and we want people praying and all that. But we need Jesus in the mix. We need Jesus involved. I need him fighting my enemy, and I need him changing my heart. I need him pushing back against darkness and shining a light in me and showing me what's dark in me and fixing it. Because when the light comes on, the darkness retreats. It goes to the corners and the shadows. Its dominance is destroyed when the light shows up. So where will Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Wherever he appears. When he shows up in my heart, he destroys sin in me. When he shows up in my marriage, he destroys sin in my marriage. He destroys sin in my kids. Amen? It also means that if I put him on and I go down the street or I go to Walmart or I go to work, that I have the capacity within me and upon me to destroy the works of the devil. 
It means that when my kids are off doing their thing and, and it's something that is not of God, I can speak over them and I can say this thing will not endure. This thing will no longer stay here. It is not welcome. It is not allowed. Get out. Because I've got Jesus on me. I've got Jesus in me. And if he's working on my heart, then I'm going to start asking the right things. Jesus himself said that when we pray and we don't receive an answer, it's because we prayed amiss. Because we did not ask according to God's will. And conversely, he also says that when we pray according to his will, we will receive whatever we pray because it's according to his will. That means I've got to get this heart thing worked out so that I can ask for the right thing, so that I can have the right answer. I don't just need any answer. I need God's right answer. Amen? I don't just need any healing. I need God's right healing. What he wants to do. If that's through a doctor, awesome, as long as it's God. Amen? If it's through supernatural, miraculous healing, awesome, as long as it's through God. I don't want any shade or any variation of anything else. Amen? If it's from him, I want it. I have the capacity within me and upon me to destroy the works of the devil. Yesterday, when we went out and gave out flyers, I had Hiawatha over here. Uh, It connects to Buffalo Trace. Hiawatha, Navajo, Seminole, and, a, and Pocahontas, I think, is the, are the words. So somebody had a Native American thing. So they named the streets that, and I was giving out the flyers. And as I was giving them out and, and putting them in the mailboxes, or not the mailboxes, the newspaper things, or the door, whatever they had, as I was doing that, it just got in my spirit, God, I, you know, I needed to pray. I needed to pray for these people. I don't know them. I don't know any of them. And I was walking, and I was, I was praying, and I would look at a house, and God would say, just in my spirit, it would come out of my mouth, God, God, push back darkness for these people. God, shine a marvelous light on these folks. Walking down the road a little bit, God, save their kids. Oh, God, heal their marriages. Heal their families. And we're just walking. I've got something on me and something in me that that can push back against what the enemy's trying to do in this city and in people around us because God and Jesus is so much bigger, is so much stronger. He's not afraid of the devil. He's not afraid of darkness. He doesn't bow to it. He walks through it, amen, and he shines a light over top of it. And if I put him on, he can help me fight out there while he's fixing me in here. And eventually we have an experience like happens in 1 John 3. Verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. But we know that when when He appears, we will be like Him. We will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. Just as He is. And then verse 3 says, Everyone who has this hope set on Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. Verse 7 says, Little children, make sure... No one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Someday I'm going to see him. But the longer that I journey with him, the more of him that I get on me, the more of him that begins to destroy the works of sin in me, the more like him I become here, right here, right now. Church, when we get to heaven, that should be the next logical step for us. Boom. It shouldn't be that we're skipping a thousand rungs on the ladder. It should be the next step. The next step because we become like him. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. 
That means if he showed up to destroy the works of the devil, we can show up and destroy the works of the devil. Amen? We can do it. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Can I tell you, greater is he that is on us as well. On us. Stand with me this morning. 31 minutes and 5 seconds. You're welcome. Look at that. You're going to make it in time for lunch. The restaurants won't fall over. You received this word this morning? Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here's what we need to do. We've got people coming in next week. We've got people we're going to see all week long until then. We need to cast off the deeds of darkness. Amen? If there's anybody in this place that needs to rip off that old uniform, to rip that junk off of you, it's got on your mind, it's gotten on your heart, it's gotten in your hands. Whatever it is that's dark in your life needs to be ripped off. Amen? Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Listen, we all, we all go through seasons of darkness. We all go through times where the enemy has got our number. Absolutely. Some of those things are purely the enemy being who he is. Some of those other things we bring upon ourselves through poor decisions, disobeying God's word, going against his purpose in our life. That happens sometimes. Not because God is vengeful, but because anything outside of him is destructive. Anything outside of him can destroy us. I don't want to be outside of him, do you? I don't want to be outside of him. God, if there's any darkness in these people today, and if you know of it, can I just tell you, one of the best things you can do is confess that darkness to him. You don't have to scream it. All you got to do is say it. God, if there's any darkness in me, in Jesus' mighty name, I rip it off. I cast it down. Come on, church. Let's pray it like that. Come on. Jesus, by your power, by your authority, I cast down any work of darkness in my life, God. I cast down any mindset that is not shining the light of God in my life, God. I cast down anything that has exalted itself against my knowledge of you. Because you are pure. You are holy. You are righteous. You are peace. You are salvation. God, anything in our lives that's not any of that, God, we throw it down in the name of Jesus. We cast down darkness in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to shine your marvelous light upon our darkness. Lord, shine your marvelous light upon our darkness. That it may be found. That it may be dealt with. That it may be thrown out. That it not gain any more hold upon us. But that it hit the dirt and run for its existence. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. If we cast off darkness and the works of darkness, then we're taking on the armor of light too. Jesus, right now we take on the armor of light. We take on you. You, you are the light of the world. You are the way, the truth, and the life, God. We take on truth, salvation, righteousness, peace, preparation for the gospel, the faith and the word, God. We take it on to our spirit man right now in the name of Jesus. Listen, if you don't pray that, it's not in your heart. you got to say it. The words, we say, the words we say are a reflection of our heart. God, we take on your whole armor onto our spirit man. God, we take on the righteousness that you have, the righteousness, Jesus, that you earned, that you, that you gave freely to us, the peace, the faith, the word. God, we take it on to our spirit, man, in Jesus' name. God, we will wage war in Winchester. 
covered in you. Covered in you. Jesus, don't let us wage anything without being covered in you. Don't let us go anywhere without being covered in you. Oh, God, cover us. Cover us, God. When we go to work, when we go home, when we go to Walmart, God, cover us. Let us destroy the works of darkness by manifesting Jesus. Let us destroy the works of sin by shining your light in Jesus' mighty name. God, let us fight for our families covered in you. God, let us fight for our bodies covered in you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, God, we receive it by faith. We receive it by faith because we know you're not a liar. Your word says this, therefore we can have it. We can have it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We honor you today, Jesus, for the life you lived, for all the things that you accomplished for us. Can we just praise him? Just one more time for a second. God, we honor you today. Jesus, we lift you up as that name that is above every name, God. That name that is higher than any name given in heaven and earth and under the earth. There's not a thing seen or unseen that outranks you, Jesus. You're that good. You're that amazing. You're that powerful, God. And if we have you, how much more freely can we have anything? God, do it for your people. God, we ask you for a harvest next week in Jesus' name. And God, not just next week, but every week thereafter. Every week, God, Lord, let angel, let her be a first fruit today of a, a, a harvest of souls that's coming into this house. And, God, it doesn't have to happen at this altar, amen? It can happen around the break table. It can happen in the aisle at Walmart or Kroger, at the gas station. God, just let it happen wherever it is that you need it to happen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.